Welcome to Meldon Law and Friends. I'm Jeffrey Meldon welcoming you. This is a very special edition number 101. We finished 100 episodes of Meldon Law and Friends and we are now embarking on our second 100. It's uh, quite an uh, honor to be able to serve the North Central Florida community <clears throat> with information about uh, what's going on and uh, all the wonderful guests that we have that help tell us about important things in the community. That's why we call it Meldon Law and Friends. Uh, Meldon Law is a accident and injury law firm uh, with offices in Gainesville, Ocala, Lake City, and Fort Lauderdale, serving the entire state of Florida. If you uh, have any serious accident or injury, please uh, give us a call. We help you figure out whether or not you uh, have a case, what to do about it, and there's no charge if there's no recovery. So uh, you can reach us by going to meldenlaw.com. You can call um, 352-373-8000. Or just go to Google and put Melden in. I promise you we will show up. If you put in Melden Law, it'll show up uh, even more. However, uh, we're here to uh, help and we pride ourselves on being a law firm that gives back to the community, both in Ocala and Gainesville and Lake City. We try to do uh, a lot of events and make sure that uh, we are supporting the folks that support us. Uh, coming up, we have some really exciting uh, stuff going on. This weekend, of course, the biggest game of the year, LSU is coming to town for a night game, 7 p.m. at Steve Spurrier Field. Wow, it's going to be a barn burner. I think the Gators are favored by two and a half points, which gives you some indication of how close the game should be. We are here at Steve Spurrier's Restaurant and Grill. You can see all of Steve Spurrier's helmets behind us. And, wow, what a, uh, uh, an exciting atmosphere here. All of the uh, memorabilia. The, it's a museum uh, that also happens to have the best food in town. So uh, check out Spurrier's Gridiron Grill. Uh, <clears throat> for the game coming up, we are giving away two tickets and a hundred dollars uh, gift certificate to Spurrier's Gridiron Grill. So, wow, what a fun time. You get to go to the game, come to Spurrier's, have a, a great dinner and enjoy yourself. So, all you have to do is go to our Facebook page, Meldon Law <coughs> Facebook page, and you'll see all of our giveaways that I mentioned there on the page. It's uh, very simple, easy. We have dozens and dozens of winners throughout the community bringing their kids and having a great time, so uh, join us. Uh, we're also giving away tickets for volleyball coming up. Let's see, our next volleyball game is against Georgia. A four-pack of tickets and a two-pack of tickets uh, with gift certificates as well. Uh, so check that out. The 19th. So I think that's maybe next Tuesday or so. Uh, take a look at it, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever. And uh, we will be more than happy to uh, uh, fill up the uh, O-Dome for volleyball. <clears throat> Another big deal coming up, the Ocala Home Show, this coming Saturday and Sunday, October 15th and 16th. Melvin Law is going to be having a... Uh, booth there. We're going to have lots of swag and also uh, some of our books on how to buy Florida auto insurance because many of you may not know, but Florida is the wild west of insurance and if you don't have uninsured motorist coverage, you may wind up on the short end of the stick when some uh, jerk hits you and doesn't have insurance or has very little insurance and you're seriously injured. The only way for you to recover in certain circumstances is through uninsured motorist coverage, and I go through that in my free book, <clears throat> Buying Florida Auto Insurance. So uh, check us out. A couple other things uh, we got going on here. Oh, Tom Petty Weekend. Many of you may not know, but uh, October 5th, 
15th, the LSU game at Florida Field, is the Tom Petty weekend. Uh, so they are making a big deal. There's lots of merchandise with Tom Petty and the Gators co-branded. That's pretty exciting. And uh, some of you uh, may or may not know I was Tom Petty's first attorney, and Melden Law is sponsoring the Tom Petty Festival the following week, which is actually on his birthday, October 20th, at the Hart <clears throat> Hartwood Sound Studios on South Main in Gainesville. It's free. Melden Law is uh, helping to pay for um, all of the costs, and uh, it's uh, going to be an amazing time. Uh, there's a couple VIP seats that may or may not be left. However, the free seats are fabulous, and there's going to be it's going to be a real festival atmosphere for three days, Thursday night, <clears throat> Friday, and Saturday. So check it out. Go to Tom Petty Festival, uh, and you will uh, find the uh, information that you need. Uh, I think it's TomPettyFestival.com. Uh, in Gainesville, Florida, October 20th through the 22nd. So there's a lot <clears throat> going on. That same day, uh, my wife Patricia and I are uh, co-chairing the Alzheimer's Walk uh, out in the <clears throat> Trinity Methodist uh, Church on Northwest 53rd. So uh, join us at 9 in the morning for a walk for a very important cause uh, Alzheimer's and dementia are something that we're passionate about and we want to uh, help. There's actually a bunch of cures that uh, are underway and I think one I read uh, two weeks ago, they're really making some breakthrough discoveries in Alzheimer's and we need to support a worthy cause because it, it affects almost every family. So that's what's going on in uh, the world of Belden Law. Today we have some great guests. I want to uh, welcome uh, our first guest, Santiago Gomez. DJ Santiago Gomez. Yes, sir. Uh, how are you doing today, Santiago? Beautiful. Can't complain. The weather's just phenomenal. Yeah, isn't it great? We're, we're getting a little bit past that 95-degree weather. Yeah, love it. So um, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, introduce your better half? Yes, sir. My name is Santiago Gomez, and this is my wife, Felicia Gomez. And uh, we're a family-owned business, Small Time LLC, and we service uh, Central Florida and the whole state of Florida um, with our DJ services and our affordable services. Now, I've read a little bit of your bio, and I know uh, it started uh, at home. Can you tell us... Uh, about growing, you know, your background and growing up? Yeah. Um, I'm from Panama overseas. Uh, my dad did uh, a little bit of merchant marine. So when he actually came, he actually stopped at Miami, and that's where he stayed. Um, he actually was, you know, he heard all types of music. So when I came over, you know, our family was, you know, always filled with music, cooking, especially on the weekends. So, you know... I started just messing around with turntables, and you start becoming the DJ for your dad's friends and his parties. <laughs> oh, so you started when you were a kid. Yeah. yeah. And then so they called, hey, DJ Santiago. Yeah, put this yeah. on. <laughs> put it on. You know, uh, you know uh, whatever, uh, yeah. you know, whatever was the uh, popular music uh, of yeah. the day, right? Yes, anything from R&B to classic 70s, salsa, all of it. Motown. The you name shebang, it, the huh? whole shebang. Oh, so it wasn't just uh, uh, Spanish-based music. Oh no, it's a a pot of stuff, like they say. Oh, so mm -hmm. so uh, how old were you when you uh, moved to the United States? I was about seven or eight. Okay, and mm -hmm. how did you make your way up to North Central Florida? Um, my dad, they they came to Miami first. They stayed there for a little bit, and then he moved up here. Um, they like the area. It's just a little bit better than Miami. Where, where did they settle? Uh, Summerfield. Oh, okay. Yeah, Summerfield. County. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. Oh. Well, so, yep, I graduated from Lake Rowe High School. So that was a long time ago. Yep, a long time ago. <laughs> I mean, the Hispanic population is like, really grown in Mary It's, County. I... It's quad... I don't even know what the word... What to say. Quadruple... I mean, just keeps on coming. 
a lot of people just love it here. So yeah, why is that? I mean, I, the horse industry must contribute. The horses, to a lot, right? and I think uh, you know Florida just being that familiar weather type for people, you know, that come from Central America or the islands. I think Florida has a, a good weather for that. Well, certainly Florida does, although mm -hmm. most Latinos uh, went, yeah, I, I think, went to South Florida. Yeah. Okay. Uh, mm -hmm. The Cuban invasion. Yes. Uh, you know, in the uh, early 60s. And then uh, I think a lot of other um, Hispanic folks moved in after that. It seems like uh, the Puerto Rican uh, population, a lot of them moved to Orlando area. Mm-hmm. So is the Puerto Rican population starting to move up into Marion County now? Uh, I've noticed more Cuban. That's, oh. Yeah, that's what I've noticed more. Well, as you know, my wife is Cuban, so we yeah. we always have a, <laughs> a, a fondness for, uh, you know, well, not only Cubans, but, you know, anybody that can cook good and likes good music, <laughs> <All right>. that's, <laughs> that's yeah. what we like, right? Pretty good formula. Yeah, think. pretty good formula. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's interesting, you talk about your dad's, you know, uh, you know, at home, you know, cook, on the weekends, cooking and, you know, music. And that's what it's like in our home. Yeah. So, you know, Makes time go by pretty quick, <laughs> don't it? All of a sudden you're like, I'm tired, I'm going to bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and then, uh, you know, a little beer here and there, a little yeah. uh, whatever else you're drinking, you know. <laughs> so it really does make for, you know, a wonderful um, time being able to share things with family and you seem to be now taking it one step further yes uh, where you not only ha are a dj but you do more things at the party besides that yes sir Why we help yeah we yeah our company pretty much uh we call it accent anybody um any event uh we actually have planned events ourselves from scratch uh, we actually have a huge event coming up on the 30th of October that you guys are hopefully going to be part of. And I can't wait for you guys to be there. Um, it's a trick-or-treat event that we are hosting uh, for the whole community of Ocala. Wow. Tell us about it. How many uh, folks are going to be there? I mean, are there, are there other vendors? Yes, sir. Yeah, it's, it's free for everybody. So what we did was we just, you know, got a hold of all of our friends that we actually have done business with uh, first. And we'll say, hey, I'm coming up with this trick-or-treating <laughs> event. You want to be part of it, and they're like, "Sure." That you know, that's how that's how quick it is. It's you know, free, once but you you gotta bring the candy. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. You, you bring the candy, the candy for all the kids. Right. Yeah. So we have uh, probably going on fifty booths, so fifty businesses. Oh wow! Yeah, all coming together for the community of Ocala because you know it's been a little down with you know with the COVID and everything. So this is. You know, oh, right, yeah. particularly for Halloween yes. and stuff like that, it's been weird. So mm -hmm. now maybe we're opening up a little and people are going to be ready to bring the kids down and have them dress up and yes. have a good time and they have a good, safe place to go. Yes, absolutely. Well, I think you can count on Melvin Law, you know, being there. That's, that's right up our alley. We love kids. We love uh parties we love halloween it's you know it's a, a great fit and i i want to thank you for putting that together for uh, marion county and ocala and whoever else wants to show up oh right? yes sir That's it's come on in man come on, down. Come on over we got food trucks we have all kinds of stuff we have a little secret we're trying to get some wrestlers in Get some wrestlers in there. So that's okay. a little secret. Well, we're we're going to pick this up in the uh, second part of this uh, show here when we uh, get back and talk with uh, DJ Santiago Gomez. And uh, yes. we're going to figure out what uh, is coming up next on Melvin Law and Friends. We're going to be back in 60 seconds. Oh, my gosh. I can't even believe this. Look. Look what you have done to my truck! Excuse me, it's your fault, it's not my fault. Yes, it is your no, fault! Not, not, I am not. calling Jeffrey Meldon from Meldon Law. So I'm gonna call Jeffrey, my husband. Meldon Law, this is Jeffrey speaking. Jeffrey! This lady here, this person lady, he might. New client? Yes, but this one might be a little tricky. I thought I was in a truck accident because of the accident that resulted in three back surgeries. We saw advertisements on TV, and guess who popped up more often than that? It was Jeffrey. The communication that he provided was so appreciative 
He shows his compassion as a human. He assisted us in achieving one of our dreams, the acquisition of a home. And we're here today with smiles on our face with the assistance from Jeffrey. Welcome back to Melden Law and Friends. I'm Jeffrey Melden. And uh, we are very excited. We got uh, DJ Santiago. Hello. And, uh, his wife, Felicia, is... Or Felicia, is that a, either way? Either way, I'll, an, I'll answer either <laughs> Anyhow, way. Yeah. So Felicia, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, some of the things that you do as far as the family business? Well, I'm kind of behind the scenes. I take care of most of the paperwork, emails, and phone calls. Um, I also handle a lot of the editing and photo booth business. So that part of the business I kind of take care of. When we go to an event, my husband and I tag team up, and he will do the musical entertainment, and I'll take care of the fun photo booth for everyone. Okay, we haven't talked about the fun photo booth yet, so let's get into that. Okay. Talk about it. Well, um, we can theme the photo booth to match any party or event, um, and by any event, I mean any event, from a birthday to a corporate event, a holiday party, so pretty like much a kid's anything. Birthday, they, it, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So any of the uh, children's birthday themes, we can match it. Uh, we recently did one. It was a a theme that was a minion theme. We themed it out for him, and it turned out wonderful. So you know he can play the music, whether it's for a small child or. Even a 90-year-old child, <laughs> we, yeah. can, we can have a birthday. We yeah. can definitely come and rock out a party for so somebody. So what, what kind of music uh, do the 9-year-olds like these days? Uh, they Actually, we cover everything. And you'd be surprised that some of the kids will get down with all the older music. It's just about how they, you know, the music makes you feel. doesn't matter. And as long as you have nice, clean, family-oriented music, you can see the whole atmosphere just change with that well i go to a lot of um birthdays uh, for my grandchildren Mm -hmm. as i've got three age two five and seven nice and um whenever you have a you know young kids like that you gotta have a a fun birthday right yes sir (laughs) we even do some tailgating stuff Oh, oh, we do okay, a lot. Well, let's talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> open mics. Talk to the crowd here. Yes. Tell them about some of your tailgates. Yeah. Uh, we've actually um, have come up here uh, for the University of Florida uh, this year. We've done a couple games for them. And I see that you guys have a lot of stuff going on. Um, we, ac- we actually started with the University of Florida five years ago. They had a nice um, business course that we took. So we took it, and we were part of it, and, you know, we've always been kind of like the the little, you know, kid, you know, so they'll <laughs> say, hey, how you guys doing? And they'll always check on us, and we always tell them, hey, we, this is how we've grown this past year, and that's amazing, you know, because we get to work with so many wonderful people from, we've done small little micro events, like 20 people, to festivals from like 20,000 people, so we can accommodate whatever crowd. So that's very exciting. So you do the music, then uh, you have the photo booth, mm-hmm. which adds a lot of excitement yeah. uh, to what's going on. Uh, and then you theme it based yes. on whatever. So if it was a, a Gator football game, then you yes. create a Gator yes. all themed together. And yeah, that's where she comes in, and she does all the little graphics and everything. Yeah. Yep, and we actually, we, we bring, yeah, we bring stuff. Gator props. Yeah, yeah we've done we've Maybe done so would, many gator you know, stuff that we always these. bring stuff like this. Oh, you okay. know, it's a little like and then you know, right and then you know once it and then you know you always have you know. Your gator I mean, hat. You, you gotta have oh, a little alligator hat. Yeah. See, so. Oh, this is a gator. Yeah. So we know we were coming to the swamp. So gator stuff has to always come. I would definitely wear this around my grandkids, <laughs> although I don't know if I'd wear it anywhere else. But yeah. they would get a kick out of seeing Grandpa. Yes, uh, they do. With a, a gator hat. So but it always just turns an event, you know, just nice. We always add on to anything, is what we say. Uh, a twist. You 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 remember it, 
And uh, you get the photos right then and there digitally. It goes to your phone, to wherever you want it. Oh, so you can get the photos digitally. Mm -hmm. Oh, so it's not the old printout. We have that too. Oh, if you want that. So <laughs> yeah. I remember as a kid going to, uh, you know, the uh, carnival. The or strips. The, you know, or, or the amusement park. Yes. Right? And the amusement park always had the photo booths. Yes. Yes. And uh, I actually have, still have some of those. Those are cool. You know, those I are just, too. yeah. From old, like, Daytona, little yeah. girl with my sister. Oh, yeah, d down at the, uh, uh, where the amusement section was, yes. by the pier. Yes, yeah. with the rides and the haunted yeah. houses and been yeah, gone for years. Yeah, but, but yeah. I, I, you know, um, my uh, uh, family was... Uh, uh, my, that I married into was originally from Daytona, so I used to go over there all the time in okay. the 70s and 80s. Yes. And that, you know, so I love You remember that, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the ski ball and the rides yeah. and the, all that stuff. The so, spider. Well, the idea is we want to have a good time. Yes. Right? And that's what you guys specialize. Yes, that's why we named it Smile Time because when we come in, what time is it? It's Smile Time. So, um, Let's tell everybody how they can reach you if they want you to help them put together a fabulous party. Well, we are all social media platforms, Facebook, TikTok, Snapchat. We have a website also, uh, com, And you can get a hold of us. We're on Google. You can check us out anytime. You can see our reviews and we're just here to serve the community. We're here to just add to anything that they want to do, whether it's a, a kid's festival, a kid's, you know, first party baby shower or to a corporate, you know, employee appreciation day. It doesn't matter. So um, the best way to contact you is go to your website, SmileTimeLLC.com. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. There's a form they can even fill out if they're interested in getting pricing for an event. They can mm -hmm. fill the form out, and it'll come straight to us mm -hmm. with their name, and they can just answer a couple little questions, and we can get them a quote right away. I like yeah. it. I like yeah. it. So um, if, if somebody uh, just Googles Smile Time Ocala, You'll oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. they can actually uh, look up Photo Booth, and we'll probably be the first one. That's, photo that's booth. the, yeah. Okay. So yeah. if you, yeah, but if what if they want the DJ services? Same, same thing. Smile Time. So yeah. DJ Santiago uh, and Smile Time are one and the same. Yes, sir. Right? Mm -hmm. Okay. They have the whole shebang. If yes. If you want a party... And you'll probably put as much of the party together as they want. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we know so many uh, vendors, too. So if they need food trucks, if they need musicians, we are connected with the whole event community really tight. Now, tell us what's going on with all the food trucks. It seems like, uh, I mean, they've been around for a long time, but it's in the last five years, it seems like food trucks. Yes. Like, uh, yeah, you just have events just with food trucks now. Yeah, even That's weddings. Where even weddings. Full, you know, a food truck up. <laughs> no catering. Yeah, just okay, they put the food the truck food trucks yeah. up, mm -hmm. and they they serve it from this food truck. I like it. It's, I like it. I right. Mean, it, it, well, it sure does uh, uh, beat cleaning up the kitchen. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> yes. And these parks that open, they're for just food trucks. Now are becoming more prominent mm -hmm. than right. ever. So there's places people can go and have five ten choices right there yes you know? so that's becoming really popular because you can have a lot of choices in a small area yeah. yeah well you know Gainesville and Ocala are very um, closely located so a lot of people go back and forth between uh, the communities yes. and people you know uh, live in Gainesville work in Ocala or, or vice versa and then uh, of course um uh, yeah, the Gators rule in Ocala, right? Yes, they Absolutely, do. Yes. yes, they do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's why the Gators. Yes, they do. Go down and you see the Melden Law Office on one three two six South Pine Avenue. Yeah. Yes, you, you will see our big jumbotron on top of the office mm -hmm. with uh, the Florida Gators uh, logo next to the Melden Law Gator uh, logo because we are the only official injury law firm partner of the Florida Gators and nice. we want to make sure that our friends in Ocala um, know that uh, we 
support the Gators and we're uh, good friends and you know it's like you've lived there long enough mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, there's a few Seminoles running around but no we're Gators yeah come on Gators Gator all the way <laughs> okay <laughs> See, Santiago's lived here long enough so he, yeah. he knows uh, you know that this is Gator country yes right? yeah. and, uh, and it's fun well what you talk about as far as helping people put together parties, whether it's a tailgate, uh, whether mm-hmm. it's some kind of a birthday party, if it's just a fundraiser, fundraiser, yeah, uh, nonprofit events, uh, it doesn't matter. And it's amazing how many events are going on mm-hmm. uh, at one time. For example, the uh, we, the uh, weekend of September, I'm sorry. Uh, the, the next uh, coming uh, weekend after the LSU game is, is the uh, off weekend. The Gators don't p- ever play before mm-hmm. the Florida-Georgia game over in Jacksonville. Yeah. So there's like, you know, 87 different events just in Gainesville because everybody, you know, figures, oh, you know, well, there's hotels available. Yes. And there, there's different things that, you know, where people can actually come to Gainesville and enjoy uh, a good event during the prime football season. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, they yes. can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the, yeah. So anyhow, the Tom Petty Festival, I want to invite everybody. There's going to be oh, food that trucks. Sounds so that sounds really fun. nice. It's a three-day party starting on Friday, I'm sorry, Thursday night, September 20th, which is Tom Petty's actual birthday. And uh, the 21st and the uh, 22nd, it, the party's going to keep going on, and it's uh, music, music, music. The uh, the bands and everything are um, in place, and uh, some of the all the bands are going to be interpreting Tom Petty songs and playing Tom Petty music, maybe a couple of their own. Cool. And uh, it's all free, so Man, that uh, sounds awesome. So mm-hmm. it's it's going to be fun. Uh, I want to also. Uh, encourage everybody to support Smile Time. They're um, local, uh, they're entrepreneurs, and we always like to support um, friends Thank of ours. You. Thank you so much. You know, it's like, you know, you're actually doing something, you're creating a, a concept, and uh, I respect that. You know, I mean, it's uh, very challenging because it takes a while to build up your clientele. Yes. How long has the business been uh, active? Five years? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So five years, Smile Time's uh, been active. And I, I, I know that you had challenging times during COVID because people weren't partying and going out. So. Yes. So we're back in action now, right? Back in That's action. Right. Okay. So, yes, back in action. Uh, so here's what we want everybody to do. Uh, think of your next party, no matter what it is, and then think of Smile Time in Ocala, and they will uh, be able to fit whatever your needs are. It's Summerfield, but Marion County, Ocala, Smile Yes. We want the people to be able to find out how to contact you. Mm-hmm. So my suggestion is if you put in Smile Time, Marion County, Ocala, Summerfield. It's going to come up. It's going to come up. Come up okay? Yes. <laughs> and that's the most important thing. Yes. You do a great job. And what we try to do on Melden Law and Friends is bring on folks that are uh, influencers within the community. Uh, we, we so appreciate it. so much. We really do. Yeah. We really appreciate everything and that you guys are doing in the community. We see that. That's We really see that. That's well, a big reason why we're here today. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for being our guest. We're going to take a uh, three-minute break, and then we're going to be back on Melden Law and Friends. Thank you. Oh my gosh, I can't even believe this. Look, look what you have done to my truck. Excuse me, it's your fault, it's not my fault. Yes, it is your no, fault. Not, not I am fault. calling Jeffrey Meldon from Meldon Law. So I'm going to call Jeffrey, my husband. Meldon Law, this is Jeffrey speaking. Jeffrey! This no, crazy lady no, here, wait, this crazy lady, he might be. New client? Yes, but this one might be a little tricky. When you're a member of the Gator Nation, you know what it means to never back down. Melden Law has been a proud supporter of the Gator Nation since 1971. Two forces that won't back down. 
As the old saying goes, if you can't beat them, join them. We still hear it. The sound of victory. The joy of being part of something great. And while things may not be the same right now, we haven't gone anywhere. If you bleed orange and blue, then Melden Law is the firm for you. We are here at the University of Florida, where Albert and Alberta are competing in the Gator Penalty Shootout. Albert is ready to stop the shot at all costs. What a disaster! Luckily, Melton Law is the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators. If you have suffered any injury, do not worry, because Melton Law is going to help you with your recovery. Melton Law doesn't back down until they reach their goal! Alberta, I understand you were witnesses to a crash. Can you tell us about the accident? When you're in a crash, it's important to get witness statements immediately after the accident. Whether you're in a car, truck, motorcycle, scooter, or even a golf cart accident, at Melden Law, we won't back down. And I was in an accident. Someone ran a red light and hit me, and I was hurt. You don't know where to turn. Luckily, I called Jeffrey. These big insurance companies, they don't want you to win. They truly don't. But Jeffrey and his firm and the people that work here, they just really fight for you. You call the law offices of Jeffrey Belden because you're going to need help, and they will help you. Melden Law and friends, I am Jeffrey Melden, president founder of Melden Law, and uh, I want to thank everybody who watches and listens. We're on Facebook, Melden Law and Friends. We're also on YouTube, Melden Law and Friends, and 38 audio platforms, and uh, I'm told we have as many thir as 30,000 uh, uh, viewers and listeners a week, and I want to thank everybody who helps support our community. Uh, Melden Law and Friends is about the community. We try to bring on influential uh, folks within the community who are actually doing things to uh, make it uh, a better place to live, more fun to live, and are uh, actually helping us grow the community. And nobody uh, is more important to the Gainesville community than the Gainesville Police Department. And we're very privileged to have the Chief of Police Lonnie Scott with us today. How are you doing, Chief? I'm doing fine, thank you. How are you? You like being called Chief? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> I love Lonnie, too. Call me Lonnie anytime. <laughs> I was at the uh, Kansas City Chiefs Monday Night Football last night. Wow. And, uh, wow, what a scene yeah. that was. Yeah, yeah, close game. I've never been to a Monday Night Football game before. Uh, neither have I. I know. No, yeah. Hardly anybody in our group had ever been to Monday yeah. Night Football, even the people from Kansas City. Yeah. And uh, wow, it was uh, it was some atmosphere, and Kansas City pulled it out and won thirty to twenty nine. Yeah, yeah. So, so it, was, it was quite a game. Yeah. Anyhow, um, thank you for joining us on the show, and uh, I want to first kind of uh, uh, let our audience hear a little bit about uh, your background and how you wound up. Uh, being the chief of police for the city of Gainesville. Okay. Uh, how'd you wind up in Gainesville? Um, I started off uh, coming to the University of Florida in 19 and um, I came here uh, with the intent to uh, eventually play football and had some knee surgery to correct a problem, which was never corrected. Did I, Dr. I Pete do those surgeries? Before Dr. P. And, <laughs> and I, I had the surgery. In fact, it was in Miami, and it didn't work out well. Uh, so I had to become a student and uh, study and graduated with a degree in business finance from Florida and uh, ended up uh, working on campus for a few years and uh, 
In fact, I was Army ROTC, was going to go military and change my mind about it. Uh, I was a distinguished military student with the Army ROTC and ended up uh, going to a job fair and took a job with the Gainesville Police Department in 1985. Who was the chief of police back then? Waylon Clifton. I remember Waylon. Waylon Clifton, yes. Waylon was a trip. And for those of you that don't know, Waylon's secret dream was to be Elvis Presley. <laughs> You're laughing. Yeah, no, it, no it, wasn't, and it wasn't a secret. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he definitely liked Elvis. Yeah. He definitely liked yes. Elvis. And, but he was he was a very social person, I thought. Yes. You know, he... He tried to uh, reach out to the community and do, you know do a lot of things. So you wind up uh, at, at the Gainesville Police Department, yes. uh, and I, I assume you started out as a patrolman. I started off as a non-certified officer. I went to the police academy in 1985, and eventually became a certified police officer. I uh, worked myself up through the ranks to corporal, uh, sergeant, lieutenant. Uh, I was on fast track initially. I think. By 1990, five years and one month, I was a lieutenant. Um, that's something that hasn't been repeated. I don't think will be repeated <laughs> again. Uh, I ended up uh, working as a lieutenant for up to 17 years. And at one point, I was an interim assistant chief for a year um, in 1996 and enjoyed that time period. Uh, got to the point where um, I, I worked with GPD and became a captain. I uh, worked in every, just about every field of endeavor with law enforcement. Uh, I was a city's a firm, uh, emergency manager at one point. I also served as the um, football game uh, liaison for the Gainesville Police Department in charge of football operations for GPD. What, what did you do? What was that all about? Just sit in the security booth and give direction to uh, the other officers. <laughs> you got to yeah. you have a good seat for the oh, yeah, game. Oh, yeah, right? absolutely. <laughs> Insulated from the weather and everything. And it's the weather, and you're, yes. uh, and, uh, you're telling, okay, guys, uh, you know, let's surround the field here because... Uh, protect we, the field. Protect, protect, the, the, protect field. the citizens. You know. <laughs> and we uh, eventually, um, you know, we ended up having, I was the project manager for the new uh, police headquarters. Uh, and ended up in 2014, I've been there for 29 years, an opportunity came up to go to Tallahassee as a major. I had one year left at GPD before I had to retire. Uh, so I took that opportunity and went to Tallahassee, worked there for about five years and four months, and then uh, came back to Gainesville as Assistant Chief of Police. And then I understand in July, July 25th, 2022, you were appointed the permanent chief of police for the city of Gainesville. That's correct. And I served as the acting in, uh, from January until July. And in July, uh, on the 25th, I was sworn in as the uh, permanent chief for Gainesville Police Department. Well, it must have been very interesting um, going up to Tallahassee for almost five years and seeing what that culture was like compared to other uh, culture in Gainesville? It, it, it was definitely, uh, there's some differences and some similarities. Uh, my office was donned in orange and blue and all the Gator stuff. So when Florida had victories, I was able to walk through the hall proudly. Uh, <laughs> when we were not successful in the field, then I had to get quiet. Uh, but I always wore my Gator apparel and, and took pride in the fact that I was an alumni from the uh, University of Florida. Um, the folks there embraced the competition. Um, they, it was really, and the similarities between Tallahassee and Gainesville was that they were very friendly. One of the things I noted coming from Liberty City in Miami is that the folks here are very friendly and, and they speak to you in the morning, they speak to you in the afternoons as you pass by. And the same thing occurred in Tallahassee. Uh, people spoke to me and said hello. And, and in Miami, growing up in Liberty City, that's not the way you communicate. You know, that, that'll get you mugged and or hurt in Miami if you do that. Uh, so I, it was something that I picked up on, and I appreciated the fact that Tallahassee had similar welcoming Southern traditions. Now, what are uh, some of the challenges that, uh, you know, both Gainesville and Tallahassee have as far as, you know, I don't know what we want to call it, crime, violence, yeah. whatever we want to call it. In other words, things that are disrupting a peaceful community. Uh, it seems to be a, a lack of appreciation for life and um, the proliferation of illegal guns on the streets is out of control. And it's not just here in Gainesville, it's national. Uh, you see uh, 
people are not securing their weapons, they're leaving their cars unlocked and leaving guns in their cars and young folks are going through the communities trying to do a locks and if they open the door and look for a gun and they're finding them. Um, the number of guns that we seize uh, is, we're seizing more than one gun a day. We're up to 300 plus guns so far this year. Wow. And so we're seizing more than one a day. Uh, that, and these are illegal guns typically and, and that says a whole lot about how often they're out there. We're having uh, shooting incidents occur uh, on a weekly basis. Uh, we're, we're probably averaging maybe uh, one to two, between one and two a week. Uh, we have seven homicides here. Uh, and again, for Gainesville, that's an unusual number. Uh, in places like Miami, New York, some of the other places, that's probably a week's, weeks of, uh, one week of homicides. But Gainesville's not used to that. And the thing that we, the biggest challenge we have right now is waking up our parents, waking up our community. Uh, the, the perception that this is the police problem is not the right perception. This is the community problem. I mean, the teachers, the attorneys, the, the um, pastors, uh, all of these folks and parents need to be vested in trying to protect our most precious resource, which is our children. Yeah, I, I know that, um, you know, I grew up, I came here in 1970, and Gainesville was a much different oh, yes. place yes. Okay, back then. And um, I lived e east of Waldo Road, um, mm. uh, and I got to know a lot of uh, my neighbors. Um, it was much different then. I yeah. mean, I, I, don't, I don't recall shooting. I, there must have yeah. been shooting incidents, but I don't recall it. Not at this level, yeah. Okay? Yeah. Uh, you know, we... We go over to Paul's package in the uh, behind Paul's package yeah, and yeah. hang yeah, out I there, that, yeah. and that was our neighborhood. And so, my you know, when people talk about you know shootings in dangerous areas of Gainesville, I lived in what you know may, some people consider dangerous neighborhoods, but we never felt fearful yeah. about you know walking around and going out at night and hanging out. Yeah, they, I think folks were a little more religious. Uh, they were a little more uh, respectful of life. Uh, conflicts weren't always resolved with firearms. They, sometimes it was a good old fist fight. Uh, you don't have, if that happens today, it's, the fist fight is followed by a gunfight. And unfortunately, people are driving through uh, neighborhoods and they're killing. I mean, the folks that are dying are people typically less than 24 years of age. And their perpetrators are typically somewhere between 16 and 24 years of age. So uh, you have very immature minds, people that um, yes. don't have a lot vested in the community yet. Yes. Uh, and uh, the solutions, I think, are, are very, very complex. Yes. Uh, it's something that uh, myself um, and Melvin Law has uh, tried to um, deal with help over the years. Uh, and what I want to do is come back after uh, we take a 60-second break and talk about some of the solutions because uh, the, the problems I think we can identify, uh, the solutions uh, are something that is going to take us a few minutes to go over. Yeah. So let's take a break for 60 seconds on Melden Law and Friends, and then we're going to be back with Chief of Police Lonnie Scott. We'll see you. Alberta, I understand you were witnesses to a crash. Can you tell us about the accident? When you're in a crash, it's important to get witness statements immediately after the accident. Whether you're in a car, truck, motorcycle, scooter, or even a golf cart accident, at Melden Law, we won't back down. Being a client at Melvin Law was special because I felt like I was really being listened to and I felt welcomed by the entire staff. If I were in a situation where I needed legal advice and help, I would absolutely reach out to Jeffrey because his reputation alone speaks for itself. But on a personal level, I know that he would take care of me and help me solve those problems and I would feel safe with him.
Welcome back to Melden Law and Friends. I'm Jeffrey Melden, founder of Melden Law. Uh, we help folks who, whose lives have been turned upside down by a serious accident or injury. So uh, give us a call. It's free. We'll be glad to uh, help you out and let you know uh, what the best course of action is for your case. Even if you don't think you have a case uh, and you just want some help if you uh, are getting frustrated <clears throat> because uh, you're not getting any callbacks from your current attorney, give us a call. We'll see if we can help maybe straighten that out for you. And uh, we are here to serve. We've been in the Gainesville community uh, as a law firm since 1971. And there is something to be said for being a member of the community because we typically uh, have good relationships with all of the folks that uh, you're going to be dealing with uh, in the event of a serious crash. Um, Chief Scott is uh, visiting us today, and um, I'm very interested in some of the initiatives that a community, our community, can take to try to reduce the amount of gun violence and other kinds of violence uh, within the Gainesville community. What are some of the initiatives and programs that uh, you feel are helping? Uh, we have this initiative that we call the One Community Initiative. And the concept of that is that we have to function as one entity and stop looking at the division points and look at what keeps us uh, quite cohesive. What, what, what do we have in common? You know, I think every parent wants to see their child be able to go out and be safe. And so every, every not just the children, but your relatives. So we want everyone in the community to embrace the fact that they need to be part of the solution. You know, if it's a phone call to the police, if it's uh, talking to some children, trying to get them to, to act in a safe manner, we want everyone to be involved. We are meeting with pastors. Uh, we're going to, I think in about two weeks, we have a community meeting that we're put to, putting together. In that meeting, we're inviting pastors, uh, teachers, uh, community activists, the community, uh, we're really inviting everyone to come in and become part of a development of a community action plan. And too often we meet and all the stuff when we leave is words. Uh, we want to leave with actions, you know. We want to go out. One of the things that we're talking about doing is sitting down and having dialogues with some of the youth that are having these issues, um, having conversations with people who are on probation, and trying to encourage them to take a healthier path, uh, providing access to them for uh, mental health counseling, employment, uh, assistance with food, assistance with living, but provide a resource for them where in conversations with the county about some of the resources that they have available and want to make sure that our, our, our folks can take advantage of that. Uh, and our, what we're going to, it's really the carrot and the stick. We're going to offer these assistance, uh, but we also want to say to them, if you continue on this path, then our goal is to remove you from the community to put you where you can't harm anyone else. It's the preservation of life, you know, both the life of the potential victims and really the, vic the perpetrators. We're just trying to make a difference in the community. You know, uh, right after law school, I was a juvenile probation officer in Cleveland, Ohio, in, in the heart of the city. And yeah. uh, there were some rough neighborhoods. Yeah. Uh, they, uh, you know, they wanted us to carry badges and guns and all this stuff. I never did that. But anyhow, yeah. uh, I got a... I got to see a lot, yeah. and I've always felt like um, a lot of these kids, by the time they're five, six, seven years old, are they're not able to, you know, read, write, and do certain right. uh, certain things that wind up catching. If, if a kid by the age of eight years old isn't, you know, in the swing of things in the school, uh, they tend to find other things. That where they can get attention and uh, do things that maybe uh, don't require them to um, have all their basics in ed education. And ten years later, uh, you know, yeah. you wind up finding kids that are um, just, you know, if they had another way out, uh, they would um, certainly consider it. But uh, I, th I think having the building blocks to success is what I'm talking about. And you know, the Riker House is the program that, that's really designed to do just that. 
uh, identify folks who have some shortcomings and need some assistance that are at risk and provide some assistance to them. Sometimes it's tutoring, sometimes it's just a little guidance, a little coaching, uh, but it's reaching out. I mean, and that's the problem that we have is that we have some parents who have become parents and never really developed proper parenting skills. And we want to be a resource to them. I mean, you know, police officers shouldn't always be involved uh, just only when it's somebody going to jail. Maybe we show up before someone goes to jail. Well, that's the the idea of community policing, which is, you know, having communities in the neighborhoods, getting to know people, yes. um, is to me a um, fascinating solution to a lot of the problems because, number one, when there's communication between the kids and the police officers, right away there's barriers that yes. are, um, you know, broken down. And yes. secondly, there's no better way to know what's really going on in the community than actually being in the community doing, yes. you know, the community policing. And pretty soon you know, you know who the bad actors are and uh, who, who might, you, you might be able to help. Yeah, we have uh, what we call Neighborhood Police Initiative, which is uh, a, a training program that we use with, uh, we apply to both officers and civilians alike. We bring our neighbors in, sit them at the table with the police officers, and we go through the history of law enforcement. We go into how do we develop action plans, and the, the, what we want to impress upon our neighbors is that they have to be part of the problem identification and problem resolution process. If we identify the problems, we may not be identifying the problems that the neighbors see as being issues. So we teach our officers, listen to the people that we're serving, develop your action plan based around what they're providing, and then have consensus on how you're going to approach the problem. When we do that, we kind of tailor our police services to the neighborhoods. So one neighborhood might be want to be policed differently than another neighborhood. We want it that way. We want to be responsive to the neighbors there. So our officers, are, in fact, we're rewarding our officers who have superior community engagement skills and, and histories. Those are the people who are more prone to be promoted. Oh. And that's what we're looking for, people who can develop. Yeah, we do that at Melvin Law. We call them key performance indicators. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, okay, you want to move up uh, the ladder like uh, Chief Scott did when he was a little kid, a younger person, right, mm -hmm. in the 85? Yeah. Yeah. Five years, you became uh, lieutenant, yes. right? Yes. So you're proud of that to this day. I am. I am very proud. And I, and I think in any, whether it's um, a business, police force, um, you know, any nonprofit or whatever, if you show people how you move up and reward yeah. them, then uh, I think that's really uh, significant. The, um, in my mind, um, there's so many guns out there mm -hmm. that um, it's, it's a real challenge to deal with um, taking guns off the street. And my understanding is if someone's a bad actor and they want a gun, they're going to be able to find right. it. Right. How, how, do, how does the community deal with the fact that guns are so pervasive in, in the society and available? Uh, you know, everybody talks about the, it's not the guns that kill people, it's the, you know, people using them and that there are certainly, there, there's tons of wonderful folks that I know that, you know, have guns and use yeah. guns and they enjoy guns and they use them, you know, correctly and they lock them up and they protect them and yeah. they do, do all those things. And I don't think that's going to change. Right. Um, however, there's so many guns out on the street, um, is, do you, you know, I think the gun collection idea, okay, Whereas I know we have initiatives here where we try to get guns off the street. Right, we buy guns, yes. Correct, buying guns. I think those initiatives certainly have merit. However, uh, it is the person using the gun that uses it, uh, and they can either use it in a, in a healthy, a safe way or in a dangerous way. So isn't it really dealing with the... the the younger people or whoever it is. I mean, it, I'm not saying only younger people, but uh, it's primarily younger people who are involved in gun violence. Right now it is, and, and you know, what's disturbing about this is that 
they will not just be involved in one incident, but multiple incidents. And, you know, when you have 14-year-old, 15-year-old kids lose their life because they had a conflict or a verbal conflict, or maybe they were innocent and just standing by and someone comes by and shoot them, you know, the proliferation of guns, illegal guns in particular, is really, it, it, it's caused the folks who have poor judgment and poor uh, reasoning skills that have their hands on guns and, you know, it just makes them foolish. And when they have an argument that they might might walk away from, now, uh, and we just witnessed this, quite frankly, I just saw this in a video where there was a verbal altercation and then someone pulls up and pulls out a rifle and shoots someone. You know, and, and I'm sorry, that's, you know, that's a lack of conscience and, and parents, quite frankly, need to be aware of what their children are doing. We have children on, on social media with handguns and rifles, and I'm talking about 13, 14, 15 teenagers, and they're, they're taking photos, posting it on the internet with the guns held out, and sometimes with money, sometimes with narcotics, and you can't tell me as a parent that you have a child on the internet with this kind of stuff and you don't see it. And if you don't, you need to pay more attention to what your children's doing on the internet because they are not just putting themselves at risk, but putting you at risk. So the people that deal with them are going to be dealing with them as if they were armed. You know, and even if they're not at that time, you may have a situation where someone feels that this person's going to be armed and they take more aggressive action against them. So what can parents do when they identify the, these kinds of risks? I would say yeah, try to get a hold of the gun. Uh, get the gun out of your house or get into a secure location where you can lock it up and keep it away from them. Typically these, these guns are stolen or illegally obtained. Uh, turn it in. Uh, you don't necessarily have to turn in your child. You can call and say, hey, I have a gun, I want to turn it in. Um, I don't really want to tell you where I got it or how I got it. Um, here's a gun and I'm leaving. You know? Well, it makes sense. You're happy to get one more gun off the street. Yes, yes. I mean, we when we do the gun buys, uh, you know, we spend sometimes fifteen, twenty thousand dollars. Uh, what price do you put on the on a person's life? Yeah. If we save one person's life because someone didn't have access to a gun, or maybe a person was angry and didn't have access to the gun, if we save one person's life, uh, it was worth it, and especially if it was your relative. So what's our call to action to the community from uh, Chief Lonnie Scott? Get involved. You know, know what your children are doing. Uh, we used to have the commercial that came on TV at 11 o'clock and it's 11 p.m. Do you know where your children are? Uh, it's a shame that we have 15, 14 year old kids that are downtown in the middle uh, of the morning at 2 and 3 o'clock in the morning uh, in environments where they should not be. Uh, know, know where your guns are and secure the gun. What's in your home? And know what your children are doing. I mean, the, the people that are dying are between 16 and 24, typically. I mean, that's, I mean, and, and when they, it's too late, once, I mean, once we knock on the door, and the, one of the painful things for us is knock on the door and tell a parent, you know what, your, your son's not coming home anymore. And that's yeah. a hard thing to tell. Yeah, I know. It's very... Well, I want to end this uh, uh, on an optimistic note. And the optimistic note is that we can't give up hope, that there are co positive things to do. Reach out to the Gainesville Police Department if you want to get involved and be part yes. of the solution yes. uh, rather than, you know, uh, sitting on the sidelines. And uh, Melvin Law is very involved in trying to make sure that uh, Gainesville grows in